Want the latest Sport Calgary updates in one place? Sign up for Sport Calgary's newsletter for the latest monthly updates sent straight to your inbox. Sign up today at sportcalgary.ca. Hey gang, uh, welcome, welcome back, welcome back, welcome to the first one. I don't know. Uh, I shouldn't be so as bold to assume that you've been here before, but maybe you haven't. Welcome. I am. I am your podcasting pal, uh, Rob Kerr. This is Sport Calgary's original six feet conversation podcast. Our, um, I guess, our signature podcast here in the pause in the pandemic. Uh, we started it way back in March um, as a diversion, uh, something to hopefully occupy people's time. I, I know life is opening up a little bit more, uh, but still, uh, based on the feedback we're getting, a lot of people enjoying these conversations, so I, I'm very happy for that. So thank you for everybody that has subscribed at Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Uh, full disclosure, a, a friend of mine today, a, a guy that I worked with for a long, long time, um, if you are a sports fan here in uh, in Calgary or Southern Alberta, then you know the voice, uh, and you likely know the name. Uh, Dean Boomer Molberg is our guest from Sportsnet 960, the fan, of course, host of Boomer in the Morning, uh, Boomer and Warner, uh, and, and he's been there for for almost a decade in the mornings, longer than that. He's been around radio and and sports for an awful long time, and this is a really fun conversation. Um, I think you're going to learn something about him. Not sure that I've ever had the pleasure of of having him as off guarded and um, just kind of blunt about his path and career and and what's made him successful. So I hope you enjoy the conversation. I know I certainly did. Uh, just a reminder: in light of COVID nineteen, Sport Calgary has compiled together a directory of webinars and digital events to help you stay connected in the Calgary sport community. Learn more at sportcalgary.ca. Um, this one should be a fairly easy podcast. I would suggest you have a, uh, a, ra- a radio legend here in Calgary. Dean Boomer Molberg is our guest today. I am, uh, by the way, don't look for an extraordinary beginning. I've already said my pleasantries, so we're just oh, gonna okay. we're just gonna jump in. So this, okay. I will not be, I will not be walking through the laundry list of accomplishments and accolades right. and stuff like that. We're just gonna well, have to be, jump into it cold. I hope that works. We'd be here all day. We, we would be here that. all day. What have you learned in two and a half months of all of this? I've learned that. Uh... It's hard to talk about sports when there's nothing going on. Yeah. I mean, I I love not talking about sports as much as the next guy. I love we'll talk movies and music and have fun, but um man, it wears thin. Uh, I'll be honest, this the last couple of weeks have really been a struggle finding it really kind of hard to to be that distraction yeah. you know kind of that yeah. comfort zone and you know don't look at the right hand here's what the left hand's doing and let's just have fun and let's not worry about all that other stuff but it's being positive all the time has it's it's become more of a challenge than i thought it was going to for sure i you know it's interesting you say that i i think the working from home stuff was this is awesome like ah, oh why haven't we ever done this and you know, here we are, whatever, nine, ten weeks later. When can I get, just let me out of here. I just want to go back to an office. I want to see my coworkers. I want to be in that environment. And I can, you know, for you and what you do every day, I can certainly appreciate that. The subtlety of the art of what you do to not be able to shoot a glance or point a finger or something like that to a co-host or to a producer. I don't think, you know, I'm not making you out to be a hero in all of this, but that's, it's hard to do that every day without having those subtle. It's like, right. 
Well, yeah, it's it's just like even having a conversation with somebody. You read off of their reactions. Maybe they have a facial tick. It's like, oh, did, did you have more to say? And plus, just as as the host, maybe you need to buy yourself some time. So maybe I'll play that 30-second clip or that 15-second clip or I'll go into my archives and find something. You don't have that. You're just – it's basically you're sitting there, sitting there with nothing at your disposal. You have the internet, thank God for that, but uh, you don't have the availability to buy yourself any time. Right. So you're trying to generate topics. I mean, you were always great at that. You never struggled. I struggle with that, finding things to talk about at the best of times. So it's really been, my shortcoming has really kind of come to the forefront the last few weeks. I would only say, I would only say the difference though is, you know, and, and as crazy as this sounds, it was the two lockouts, right? And that yeah. was, you know, that has that's not a comparable, but it is the only thing we can compare to. And having to go through oh four oh five without hockey, you really did have to get creative. Mm-hmm. I mean, you never know, and right now you never know something might come out. Bundesliga came back. Well, that's that's great, but yeah, um, even know. with the lockout, it's like, well, we got baseball or the CFL yeah, starting that, up. We right. got something, right? Whereas here, it's there's just nothing. There's nothing going on, and we've we've gone through. Oh, could you do the 2009 draft what would it look like today and what about this trade tree the Ginla draft who's still surviving you've just exhausted yeah. all of those options by now and i think i think even listeners i think even people realize that okay we've gone along with it for for a while we've had some fun we've watched old blue jay games and we saw the bat flip and yeah there's lanny scoring that goal in 89 that was great i think we're all kind of fatigued on it now the the desire for something new, something fresh is really, it's really coming through now. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm there with you. I, you know, just back to that whole analogy of, you remember that day before the MLB major or the all-star game and the day after, right? The two worst days on the yeah. sport calendar because nothing, nothing, because nothing else was going. It was just Major League Baseball. Mm-hmm. That seemed like death. And that was two days and now two and a half months in. Um, it, it is, it is a challenge. How do you balance the information component to it too? Because there is a little bit of that, that we wouldn't have seen before. Like you do have a bit of a responsibility to keep people up to date. You do. And we were actually talking about that this morning when Gary Bettman doesn't have the answers, when Justin Trudeau doesn't have the answers. I mean, how am I supposed to have the answers? Well, is there going to be nine hub cities or two? Is it going to be in Edmonton or is what Bedman doesn't know. So how the heck am I going to come on Calgary Radio and tell people, here's how it's going to be, yeah. and this is what it's going to look like? I talked to uh, Brad Shaliving just by way of text. I'm like, so is there anything that I'm missing? Is there anything kind of concrete? He's like, no, it's exactly what you think it is. We're all just flying by the seat of our pants, and we might get word next week, but it may be in two weeks, and until then we just sit. It's just, it's really kind of surreal, the whole thing, on so many different levels. But we all just sit here with hundreds of players and thousands of fans and millions of dollars just Mm -hmm. hanging in the balance, waiting for somebody to say, okay, you're good to go. And then it'll all rev up. The one referendum I think we've seen in this time, and I'm curious about your observations of it, was the NFL draft. Should the NFL, is it responsible for the NFL draft to go forward? Should the NFL have a draft? And we, you know, there seemed to be a little bit of navel gazing on that. What did, what did you see or what did you feel coming out of that? Because it, the NFL, to me, has been a godsend for a sports fan in all of this. Yeah, it has been. I, I think that the thing about that NFL draft is it was a little clunky, and I think that added to the charm a little bit, and it probably dragged on a little too long, but that's kind of how it goes. Um, which I think is where we started to hear all about, well, now the NHL is going to have their draft, and they're going to have it 
first weekend in June. We're going to get that because look at what the NFL did. The difference there, obviously, is like Tua Tagovailoa. People have watched him for two or three years. He is a star. They know who Joe Burrow is. They may not know beyond number pick number one or two in the NHL draft who any of these kids are. Plus, there's no trades you and I have worked so many drafts. That was the excitement. It was it really like, we got a yeah. we got a trade to announce. Betmon, we got a trade, and then you could feel the energy come in. You take that away from from an NHL draft, and I think it leaves you it leaves a, you a little bit flat. But for sure, the NFL. I don't know how they're going to navigate things because they're they because it's been their off season. They've been fairly free to kind of go about things as normal. But if it doesn't change soon, they'll also kind of be in that same territory. Can we bring guys together? Can we start doing workouts? Can we do things without pads? I don't know. But yeah, the the NFL is the big animal, and when they if they're brought down to their knees, then I mean, what are the, what are any of the rest of the league supposed to do? What, what, what's the temperature of of your listener right now? What's the temperature of the sport fan sports fan? I mean, you have a text line. You're on social media. You know how that component is evolved. We'll get into that in a little while, but I'm just curious about the, yeah. the current temperature right now. I think it's very, it's just lukewarm. I think people, I think people know what we're doing. We're not trying to be something we're not. If you want COVID info and you want to know about the stats and the numbers and all of that, you don't come to us. We're, we're trying to be the warm, just kind of the warm water. If you mm-hmm. want to get in and we'll have some fun and we'll tell stories. It's, it's, I think that people have appreciated a little bit because you have you have a lot of time to fill and it, it allows you to talk to people you might not ordinarily talk to. And they're pretty happy to talk because they're just sitting at home dying to talk to somebody. So you get some stories and you hear some different things. So yeah. in that respect, we've gotten some content that we wouldn't have had. And I think it's when when we get out among public again, people will say, hey, I heard that day with Brendan Morrison, or I heard that conversation with Brett Kissel, or whatever the case is. Mm-hmm. You'll you'll hear about that. But right now, I think people know when they turn it on, it's just another going to be another one of those days where, well, let's get through it. We'll talk about 89, or we'll talk was going up who was the best player to wear number 20. That just kind of goofy stuff until we can turn the corner a little bit. Are you allowed to be funny? I think as funny as I can be, you know what, that's, I've always had the, and you know, me as we work together, if, if we're not having fun, what are we doing it for? Yeah. This is, we're not in the, it's gotta be fun and you've gotta be able to laugh and yeah, people are dying and things are rough, but I don't want to do a serious show. I don't want to come on and do that. And I think that people need that. I I'm the first to say at the best of times, even when there's hockey and sports going on, we aren't saving lives. Like we are really far down. When you start to see people, what people have accomplished and the, what their meaning is in other people's lives, it's like we're way down at the bottom. Yeah. But I, there have been enough people who will say, hey, we really appreciate you just coming on. We know that you're not doing anything special, but it's something in our day-to-day life that we're used to. We can turn the radio on. We hear you guys screwing around and having some laughs. That's important. And I'm very quick to kind of deflect any praise like that but I, but I do know what they mean because I have my own podcast and the only the uh, my own things that I listen to. So, when I'm feeling down, it's time to take the dog for a walk. The headphones go in, and I go and find that special thing that I have in my life. So, I felt, I I have felt that it's kind of important for us to keep doing this, even though it's not what we usually do, to be there every day, 
familiar voices, familiar things, try and have some laughs. I, I do think it is important. Well, and you, you know what I'm about to recite to you. I mean, it's always been my belief that, you know, this is, this is the important part, right? This is the distraction. Now more than ever, people's lives are stressed, and they need the ability to turn in and tune out and and be distracted. So I I do think it's important at this point, and uh, I'm I'm wondering about young boomer as as opposed to veteran boomer. You know, when you took the reins was what about two thousand nine two thousand ten of that show. Um, if this had happened then, would you have been prepared for it? No. No, I, I don't think I was prepared for it then. I, that was, I, I knew you'd kind of ask, and I meant to go and actually kind of research, because I don't know how long it's been. You would be better with the dates maybe than I would. I want to say it was about 2009 yeah. in that range, yeah. <laughs> it's just like 10 years of getting up in the middle of the night. I can't believe it already. It's been 10 years, but I just remember at the time, uh, Changes are being made. We need to move forward. Hey, it's Sunday night. Can you get up tomorrow morning and do the show? It really was yeah. that quick, by the way. It, I mean, it, it really was that, was that quick. Yeah. Yeah. Got the call on Sunday night. I kind of assumed that was the way it was going to go. And so just we need somebody to do the show. <laughs> Hop in there and we're going to just kind of move forward. And things and things did. And I was, boy, I was nervous. I was conscious that I wasn't Mike Richards. I wasn't going to be able to do the show that he did. Um, so don't even try, just try and try and, and do a sports show and then let the humor evolve from there. If there is that kind of a mm-hmm. kind of a thing. So it yeah. started serious and then you get a little bit more comfortable, but man, I don't think 10 years ago between the pressure of doing morning radio in a major market, plus trying to handle a pandemic or what, what's the right thing to do. I would have had no, even now you wonder if it's if what we're doing is the right thing but certainly then i would have had no clue what to do yeah it, it's you know i think we are lucky that you did get the rep and the seat times in that position because this is a again i, I think radio's changed so much pal in the in the last decade um it almost feels like a little bit of a return to normal or a reset in radio that you know that live voice that reassuring tone that hey you know, I listened to him. He said it was okay. There's a, somebody else alive out there sort of thing. Yeah. I think that's kind of returned to radio a bit. And especially, I think, with talk radio. Yeah. I, I know when I was a kid listening to radio, you felt like you knew that person. You'd listen to that show, and you knew stuff that they liked, and you knew stuff, oh, he doesn't like that, and he does like that. You felt like, even though you've never met him or her, like you know that person. And I think over the 10 years, people kind of have a an idea of what the show sounds like. So now when you go through highs and lows together with your listeners, you are kind of all in it together. Um, I, I think of some of the days where great things happen and people will come up and I remember that day that was so awesome, but there'll be other days where I wondered at the time if I handled it correctly. Like when, when Gord Downey died, I just, I, I locked up, I had nothing to do. I'm like, we just need to play some tragically hip. Yeah. I couldn't, I, and to this day I have people talk about that day that they felt the same way. They were in their cars as emotional as I was on the air. We were all kind of in it together. So I think there is that bond with a talk radio guy mm-hmm. or a talk radio host, he or her, that people can really connect with and go through those highs and lows together. How much do you think you're missing people in their cars right now? It's it's a great question because I know that internally 
the focus is really on smart speakers and podcasts. Help people to get their Alexa or whatever, whatever they have. Yeah, in their I, house I've heard to, that. That's obviously not right? by design or not by accident. That's by yeah. design. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think a lot of people, and I have had a lot of people actually say, "Oh, oh, hey, I was in the car for the first time and." in weeks and I realized you were still on the air. It's like, yeah, dude, we've been, <laughs> we haven't stopped. Just, you just haven't been in your car for, for three or four weeks. So that's the thing. If you'd have told me, man, if you'd have told me when we started in radio 20, 20, 30 years ago, that we would be in 2020 and I'd still be working on AM radio oh, I know. It, yeah. in people's cars, I'd have never believed it for a second. It's amazing that the the whole for not not the format but just that the medium of AM radio is still surviving it, it's amazing it, to it me. is it really is i mean to the point where i believe norway or one of the baltic countries did away with fm radio and they're now in hd hd radio or whatever the equivalent yeah. is and you're right like when i got in the well you know there'll be an am station for a while but we'll all be over on fm even the format sports talk radio has never truly been embraced on fm right no no, it's it's, it's, it's uh, an AM medium, and they're still yeah. making AM radios, which is is shocking. You're absolutely right. It is with the, in the day and age, and I would say that there might be more health to AM than FM because FM's like you say, predominantly music radio. Yeah, and I don't know how many people. I know the struggle is trying to get people to still listen to music radio with with talk hosts and and commercials involved. At least with us, it's it's extremely local. We're talking about the Flames. Day that they play, day after they play, what do you, it's, I, I would never have guessed that this would be a, an evergreen type of a, type of a thing. No, it's, it's, it's a good point. How, how do you view, you, you, you know, you're on a podcast, you listen to podcasts, where, what's your biggest competition right now? And I, I'm not, to, I'm not running in shots at other morning shows. That's mm-hmm. not it. But, you know, you not like the other morning shows. So are you competing against podcasts? I don't think so. I think in some ways we are. You know what? I think our sales department does, maybe. I think that probably our bosses, when they look at who's tuning in. But as far as content, there's no one that really does, I think, what we do on a daily basis. You'll you'll laugh because some people say, when are you going to do a podcast? Like, well, what do you mean? Well, like, do a podcast. I do a three-hour podcast every day. You know, (laughs) this is my podcast. I do an hour, and then I do another one, and then we do another one. But I think in terms of super serving the the Calgary sports fan, the Calgary Flames fan, there's no one else that's really doing it, or that has, or that has the wherewithal, technology-wise or or financially, to have that connection. Our station pays a lot of money to have Flames rights. That gives us a little bit of a luxury and who we can get on the air. We have the games, so no, I don't. I think in that way, it's. It's an expensive way to do business being a rights holder, but I think it does it gives you that that foothold that that no one else can have. Has podcasting affected how you do do your show? Do you think cuz you correct me if I'm wrong, but you were kind of an early adopter for Joe Rogan, weren't you? Yeah, and, I and his, I, and, I just thought it was amazing. I, I I even remember listening to guys that were on satellite radio and the fact that they were swearing. Yeah. And the things that they were talking about the yeah. content that just Wow, I can't believe what these guys are saying. It kind of blew my mind. Um, I, I do have to find myself every once in a while catching myself that that's 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 something I can steal and maybe use in the show. And there's some stuff. It's like no, that's just that's just for podcasts. I couldn't I couldn't do that. And whether it's it's not so much just vulgarity, but it's just 
the nature of that conversation, it really kind of lends itself to being more kind of crass yeah. and podcasty than it would be for over the air radio. You know, I do have to kind of remind myself of that sometimes. It's interesting because you're of course referencing um, Howard Stern and in, in difference to you, because you were the only guy that I knew, but it had an influence on you was Opie, Opie and Anthony as well. Mm, um, yeah. That, that kind of that mid 2005, 2006, when that became kind of, that had a huge impact on our business. That had a huge impact throughout all of it. It loosened it all up is what it did. Yeah. I think that we, we're, we're not shock jocks by any means, no. but I think that there's some stuff that we do now because of that, because the listener has become a little bit desensitized and their skin's a little bit thicker. I think we can talk about, you know, fart jokes or you can kind of get mm -hmm. away with some stuff that, you know, you find funny as a juvenile. Sure. But it'll give you a yuck or two on your, on your way to work that maybe, uh, that maybe you wouldn't have. But the other thing I found too, less about podcasts or any of that is I think we get away with stuff or things that we do in Calgary, they can't do in Toronto at our sister station. There's things that, that we have done that they've tried there that just never got off the ground. We do our beer league hockey thing yep. where yep. we bring in a couple beer league teams. We play at the dome. We go on the air. We have a sarcastic, you know, how fat are these guys? We have like a pseudo real play by play. They tried to do it in Toronto. It, they didn't understand what it was. They, they couldn't get it. They did say, what are we listening to? Why is this? Why is this on the radio? Whereas here, I think people are like, hey, this is kind of we're all in on the joke together. They're taking airtime and kind of almost wasting it just for some laughs. So I think and you could probably talk to other hosts that have worked in both markets like anything else. Every market's different. But I think in Alberta and certainly in Calgary, you can do things a little bit different than you could out east. Well, I think you, you can do different things in Calgary than you can do in Edmonton. I yeah. think we both know that. You yeah. Know, I, I would say that just back to that point about the influence of satellite radio the airing of Dirty Laundry, the, the drama within the show is, I think, part of what that legacy became, right? That, you know, Howard Stern would lecture other members of the show and they'd, you know, everybody was fair limits. Even the boss became, that's the one thing that looking back on it, I think that was maybe one of the bigger influences of that era was that <clears throat> you're welcome to our family. Mm -hmm. We don't always get along. And, and all of a sudden, listener, you're in it too, because we're taking the curtain, we're taking it yeah. back. If we're fighting off air, we're fighting on air. You're going to hear our real life squabbles, you're going to hear this. And that just ultimately, as a listener, you're like, I can't believe I'm, I'm hearing this. I've always loved any time, whether it's TV, like I said with the NFL draft, it's a little clunky. I like seeing the warts. Mm -hmm. I like seeing mm -hmm. when things are just not quite as smooth as they should be. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a big thing for a radio listener. Again, maybe it's talk radio, but when you feel like you're a little bit inside and you're part of that family squabble or something that shouldn't be on the air, it just draws you in that much more. And I guess you can probably fake that to a certain extent, but it'll come through as kind of ingenuine, I think, disingenuous. Yeah. But it's the one thing I've always told the guys. I'm like, don't take things personally. We're just, we're just having fun. But that's the, the hardest air. part, though. It that is, is hard. the hard, especially <laughs> for young guys. Like, yeah. they, they still have the stars in their eyes, and they still think, you know, this is going to be my vehicle. Don't, you're better off to, mm -hmm. to be part of it. You're better off to be one of the guys, which I think is difficult. For, for some young guys, not all. Well, we might have been the same, right? When we were oh, five, sure we six were. years in and you were trying to develop <laughs> your your name and your personality and your persona. And then if you have somebody kind of ripping at you or digging at you. But we were still trying to be it. Randy Radio, too, though, in our yeah. era, right? We would have still tried yeah. to be Randy Radio. 
because I'll tell guys like, okay, well that that's the six sixty news answer. That's that's the yeah. just we're just talking. Yeah. We're just the, the old hey, we're just guys at the bar. We're guys on the bar stool. Yeah. Like, we're we're just talking. Just just yeah. chill out a little bit. But it's hard for sure. It takes time. So that's how we've changed in your time as a morning show host. How's the audience changed? It's interesting. I I, I think the internet allows you to know at times exactly what they're thinking between Twitter, the text line. Uh, if, if you go over the line, if you say something they don't like, they're going to tell you, they, they're not going to tell you necessarily if they like it, but you'll know when, when you're doing something that they don't like, um, still to this day. And I laugh about it. We could, we could do a six part expose on the collective bargaining agreement and talk to Gary Bettman and Bill Daly and have these big in-depth things or we could go on like we've been doing during this COVID thing and having a March Madness bracket about your favorite potato chips. Mm-hmm. And oh, is that Gary? I, I, I have to. It's Gary. You don't mess with Gary. You know that that long relationship I've had with him. <clears throat> Are you? He's piped right in tight. here. <laughs> Get him off the air. Yeah, that's right. But no, I think that people. I, I think that people. They they appreciate the fact that it's not too serious. That it's that we're trying to have fun. I said it before, and I'll say it again. If we're not having fun, I don't know why we're doing it. If it's not fun for us, how is it fun for the listeners? So I think when they tune in, they you don't know what you're going to get. Some days, some days we're talking about food. Some days we're talking about who's going to play in net, who should be playing in net. I can't believe the coach did this. Um, it that it, you play 82 games a year. And it can become a little bit stale, so it's also about trying not to have those same conversations. But as far as the listener, I just think they're, I think they're they're smarter, man. You can't fool them. That's a great you can't, way of putting it. You can't yeah. you can't not watch a Flames game on a Tuesday night and then come on Wednesday and try and and try and lie to them. Yeah. They'll see right through it. They'll know you didn't watch the game. They'll know if you didn't watch it to the end. They'll know if you missed a bad penalty call in the second period. You need to be a student now and watch the games intently. Because they are as big of fans as they ever have been, and they're they're well schooled, and they've seen all the highlights, they've seen all of the game. So you need to know what you're what the hell you're doing now. It's a great way of putting it because I think when I started, there was a sense of well, you're on the radio, so you tell me what's going on, and you could see the internet impacted that. I, I I'll never forget. You know, one of my favorite segments was always the NHL Insider with Peter Marr at five o'clock, oh. and I knew. Life was changing when somebody sent an email and goes, well, all he's doing is reading the internet headlines. Like, I can get all this off the internet. And I'm like, oof. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, and then that was before social media. Then add social media. Now everybody's got a voice, too. Right? Yeah. Like, I can broadcast it. I just, uh, you know, I, I, I'm fascinated by three groups in this. The employees and how they've changed. The fans. And I guess it lends itself to your guests. And, and the athletes and the general managers and the coaches. Cause even I think that's changed in your 10 years. Don't you think it has, um, what, what hasn't changed. And I guess I'm just kind of stuck on your previous point is you better have an opinion. You better have some thoughts. Cause if, if hockey fans sat down and watched flames win three to two and Kachuk had two goals and they, they know all of that. And if you come on and say, yeah, man, Kachuk two goals last night and that was a pretty good game for him. And, uh, Riddick led in two and maybe should have had that second one. And tonight it's the Islanders and going to really need their A game. You you can't. No, you need, no. 
and and I don't force it, which is which is fortunate when chances are if we sit in that room and we talk about things long enough, if I don't have something hard or fast, I'll be like, well, I don't agree with that or I do agree with that. But it's it's a lot more about I really have to be, I take notes, things that it's like, okay, well, keep this in mind or maybe this will be something later on in the game or, oh boy, I didn't like that. And the one thing that has been that has been interesting is having former players in and getting their perspective. I think that's the one thing, Rob, that, that the listeners have really appreciated, whether it was Rhett, whether it was Corey Sarich, whether it was mm-hmm. Mike Commodore, those guys come in and the way that they see it is, is different than the way we see it. Cause oh, they've been sure. there before. Absolutely. Yeah. And then as, yeah. and then as the host, I need to kind of try and pick up on something cause they may think it's nothing. Well, what, what that, that little thing in the second period there? Well, that's, well, that's what that was. It's like, well, you need to tell me about that. Cause yeah. we don't, we don't know what that is. Yeah. And then you're kind of hanging off every word. That was the thing when, when red came in was trying to convince him that that, that stuff that is nothing to you mm-hmm. that seems silly to bring up. Let, let's start down there and we're going to find some really good stuff. The ex players really do have, uh, they do have a draw for the listeners just because of their experience. Did they give you a bit of, you know, kind of a kiss of credibility too, though. That oh that, sure, you, you yeah, know, in that sense that if you had other guests on and and they knew you were the former player, then you're cool, sort of thing. Yeah, you're you're in the party now. You yeah. you get to come in and you, there's your you don't need to stand outside in the line. You're in the party, yeah. um, and whether it's cool or like you say, it 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 disarms the guests a little bit, where whether or not they know that player on a personal level. They'll know that they were playing, and if he's on with him, then I guess I, uh, I'm good in this this mix of company. So for sure, it does it gives you a little bit of extra leeway for sure in terms of guests. And boy, if you ever get guys to come in studio, and you and I have known this forever, but it's we a, would get guys in studio. Team. And I remember we had it was Brad May. He came in one morning and sat down with us, and it took about ten minutes until he realized that. He was in a safe space that we weren't out to throw him under the bus or get him to, to do something he was going to regret. And we got to a commercial break and he says, man, so this is, this is kind of how the show goes. It's like, yeah, we just, kinda, <laughs> it's like, yeah. So then the final two segments of that hour, he was telling practical joke stories. He was telling stuff that happened within the room. Once he knew he was safe, um, he really opened up. That was the one that you could just really kind of see yeah. his body language change. And I know that you and I would see that at the rink. Once they would sit down and realize that this is this is not your usual hockey. This is not your TV ninety second interview before a game. You're you're safe here. Let's just let's just talk, and we want to get to know you a little bit. One guy though, there was one guy that that never happened with, and that was Keenan. Keenan, yeah. every time he came in. You had to reintroduce everything. Everything was brand new for him. I don't know. And he, it wasn't like he hadn't done TSN. He had. And mm-hmm. that was the part I didn't understand. But he just, he, every time, you're absolutely right. You get them in that room and you hook them. They're good. They'll nod their head. They'll wave at you the next time they come through, all of that sort of thing. But for whatever reason, Keenan just, it just never worked with him. He had maybe just been so tired of the song and dance. I mean, that was his last NHL spot, as it turned out. I don't know that he'll ever coach in the league again. And no. he, he, he just maybe wasn't interested. You, that'd be the other thing, too. You don't know for those guys if they've been burned, if they've had yeah, reporters or media guys throw them under the bus when they think, I thought I could trust you, and now you've done this. So, But I, I think nine times out of ten, though, 
you spend enough time around the rink and you spend enough time with those guys, the real, the real personalities come out. And uh, I'll, I'll be honest, I, I kind of miss that part of it because you're not at the rink as much doing yeah. the mornings. You, no. you get to work at four, you're out of there by 10, you just don't get to the rink as much. And I, I do miss that because you'd see people at the rink, you'd see different things that you could then bring to the show. So I kind of miss that part of it, yeah. for sure, in do, Did, doing the mornings. We talked a little bit about the players, we talked about the audience. The, I guess just one more, you mentioned podcasts, but now that you've kind of had this pause, as they call it, and you've had these guys on. Do you think it changes the relationship? Because it wasn't so. was yeah. game conversations. We there's nothing we can do. We're all in this together, sort of thing. It's real world conversations. But I think of all the play, like you really have gotten a laundry list of flames, have you not through this thing? Yeah, I think that it, I don't know if it's respect because you. I mean, you earn that, but I think it's just more of a realization that. You make lots of money. I don't make lots of money. You're a star. I'm not. But you know what? You take all that away and we're all kind of the same person. We're all about the same age and we're all in this together. Yeah. So it's it's an interesting point to see where we go from here. I mean, I'm never going to go out for, you know, for dinner with Sean Monaghan and his girlfriend, I don't think. But we, you bring him on the air and you kind of have that realization that you're in your house and I'm in my house and neither yeah. one of us is doing what we want to do. So I think it, it certainly humanizes people. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Sport Calgary acts as a resource for sports organizations with a ton of information available at sportcalgary.ca. Learn about community and coaching resources, research, jobs, and, of course, the latest in Calgary sport. How, this is now we've determined a decade, how do you do morning radio? How do you physically do it? Because I would never do it. I couldn't do it. I've done it for a week. I've done it for two weeks. I can't do it. You've done it for a decade. I sat at my kitchen table tonight after dinner with my wife and I said, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> that was today. Like I, I have that conversation all the How, how do I, 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 I can't do mornings anymore. It's just, it's killing me. And this is just me living at home. I wake up and I go down a flight of stairs. Run? Had you, um, not on a full-time basis. No, okay. Like you say, I'd filled in for sure. holidays and stuff like that. But okay. when I started doing mornings full time, it was my first real run at it. I, I don't like it at all. I really don't. Like once you're there and you're awake and you've got coffee in you and you're and you're in the show and things are swinging along, then it's fun. But to get up is hard because that's I get up all things being equal when the season's on and we're doing things normally. I get up at three. I get to work by about four, four fifteen. And by about five thirty, that's as good as I feel all day. Because I've had some coffee. I'm not tired yet. Sure. I'm kind of the adrenaline, if you will. I've got my list of topics. I know who the guests are. I know what we're going to do. We're sitting there. All right, let's get going. But by about 9 o'clock, you start to kind of, okay, I've been talking for three hours. I'm starting to get that mental fatigue. Then you drive home some days. You're like, oh, man, I just can, can I park the truck and I'll take a cab the rest of the way home? Because now I'm tired. Then you get home and you don't eat right. And then you lay down. You shouldn't lay down after you eat. It is... To people that do it well, that, that can excel at it, it's great because you're done work at 9 or 10 in the morning. And then you can go golfing and you've got all day, every weekend's a long weekend, that whole thing. But I've never really been at peace or, or completely comfortable with it. It has been, it's been a, really, a, a real struggle. I have three kids and they're all active, whether it's hockey or lacrosse or ringette. So it's my wife works. She's a, she's a professional, so she's, she's very busy as well. It's a constant who's got who, who's going where, when it, 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 
it all makes it very, very difficult. And I, 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 I don't know what the answer is. I, I tell people the same thing. If you had to do it, if that was the only way you, you could get paid, Rob, you'd do it too. That, oh, Cause yeah. that's the only reason I do yeah, it. Yeah. Um, but, I, but I've mag- thought about but other it's ways. Magnified. And I'm, you know, at the risk of suffering the wrath of friends of ours, like, you know, Mookie or Matt O'Neill. Yeah. yeah. You, you almost, to your point earlier, it's not like you can't watch the flames game. It's not like, you, you know what I mean? You have to kind of consciously be aware. And I knew that, like I knew that in the afternoons was the perfect, great, awesome, do my show, go home, watch the games, go to bed, get up and, then I can process the whole thing. It's a luxury yeah. you don't have. And I, I, I do want to be careful not to complain because it is a great job. That's not, I'm done you're not complaining. Minor... I'm asking you because <laughs> I, I can't I do it. I couldn't I do know. it. You've got me, you've got me on a good day when I'm, when I'm totally fatigued and I'm wore out from talking about potato chips for weeks on end. But um, yeah, I, and I, I don't mind throwing those other guys. They get to, they come into work, those music guys that work upstairs they roll in at whatever time. They throw on four or five songs in a row. They get to have their coffee and wake up, and then they come on for 90 seconds. Hey, it's going to be sunny today. Ha, how about that game last night? We'll be right back. And then they get to get their poop in a group again for another 15, 20 minutes. Where you, you can swear. We come one. in, yeah. you sit down, you talk for 20 minutes, and then if you need to go tinkle, you better do it because you're back in about four minutes. Yeah. And then you're talking for 20 minutes again and then 20 minutes again. So again, is it hard work? No, it's just, it's a different type of mental, uh, you need a mental strength. And you know what? It, it also probably takes a bit of discipline that I don't have. I have a hard time just going to bed at eight o'clock because that's the right thing to do. So well, no, I want to watch some TV or I got a night where I don't have to take my kid to the rink or watch a flames game. I want to have some time for myself when really that's when you should be going to bed. So it's not, it's not hard work if you know how to do it correctly, but I don't think I've been doing it correctly for about 10 years. See, see and I, I disagree. I think within the discipline, it is hard work. I really do. I, I, and I say that as somebody who was just never going to do it. I just was never going to do it because of the sacrifices you've made, you know, and, and it's damn near impossible to get a hold of you at the best of the times, but I can't be mad at you because <laughs> you're probably asleep or, yeah. you, you know what I mean? Like it's, and, and again, I keep going back to, it's not like you look, there's some guys that did it in our business a long time ago, but social media and, and the reality of the today's world won't let them get away with it. You can't come in and, and go, Hey, the flames, the flames one, two, one, it says here, you know, yeah. they came back in the third. It says here, you can't, now, maybe, you, maybe you can, but as you know, I, I, I can't do it because no, I, not at all. I'd be, I would be too embarrassed on a personal professional, I guess, but on a personal level yeah. to just kind of sit there and swing for three hours trying to fool people that I didn't watch it. That's, that's, that's the worst feeling in the world because that ultimately happens. Does it allow you, you though, not allow you, but as part of a mechanism, does it force you to kind of zero in on what's important, you know? If the Flames aren't playing, my guess is you're not hunting for something to stay up late to watch. You're not watching <laughs> no. San Jose and Vegas or something like no. that. Or, you know what I mean? Whereas an afternoon guy might do that. Oh, okay, well, the Flames aren't playing. I need something for tomorrow. I, I'll watch this or, yeah. or whatever, right? It, I, I wonder how guys before us did it when maybe 15 games were televised a year, 20 games were televised. You you didn't see the games, and then you got to talk about. Them. But but you were allowed, yeah. But then you were allowed. But people they didn't see them either, so they were sitting back going, "Okay, Mister Radio Guy, yeah, tell maybe. me what I need to know." And and you could mm-hmm. look. 
I'm not throwing anybody under the bus, but there's some pretty predominant sports guys from the 80s and the 90s in this country that really weren't watching games. They were really they really good at forming an opinion. They were really good at defending opinion. They were really good interviewers. But if you think they were going home and watching the Maple Leafs play every night, you, you're mistaken. And it yeah. was obvious. It was obvious as that change happened. It was obvious as social media came in and everything. And you're going, geez, you don't re- you don't really know what you're talking about, mm-hmm. right? And that's not the a other part. I was just going to say the other part of it is too, and I because I feel like we should start this over because I sound like I'm just being a whiny bitch. No, but you're answering. I, you know what question. it is. is is I, I would be too embarrassed to do it any other way, I guess. I'm not uber professional, but I'd be too embarrassed to come on the air and try and fake it or to try and not. It's like, well, no, this is people. I feel like you owe it. If you're going to do it, yeah. you owe it to those people to be prepared and to have put the work in. Right. I watched the game. Here's what I saw. Here's my opinion. Here's what I think. Whether you care about my opinion or not, but here's what it is. And then when you turn the radio on, that is what you're going to get. You're going to get a guy who at least kind of understands what he's watching, has a feel for it, and watched the game. Because yep. not everyone did, like you said. So I just, I wouldn't, uh, I can't I can't allow myself to do no, it any and, other way. And I don't feel guilty about it. I'm, a, I'm just asking for a specific reason. Again, I, you're doing something I can't do. And, and, and I, I've watched you for 10 years, and I'm going, well, okay, maybe this is the year, or maybe this is the year. But here you are. And I don't, I'm not trying to, you know, backhand compliment you. Like, honest to God, I didn't think you'd last two years because of the schedule, not because of your mm. talent or anything like that. It's a hard gig. It just is. Yeah, it's it it, just, it takes a different – it takes a certain set of skills. Is who, is, who said well, that? Movie's well, that yeah, well, that's Taken, isn't it? Yeah. Liam Neeson ta- Taken. Specific set of skills. But, but on top I, of that, I, you have to organize a show. You have to – you have a little, if you want to call it, a staff that you work with. You have to spend time afterwards answering questions from bosses and salespeople and talk to clients. There's little things that go into it. There's subtleties that just, again, the schedule made so much more sense to get on at 2 o'clock and off at 6 o'clock. It just did. It probably right? does, yeah. It probably does. You, you know what it is, too, though? People will, will kind of say, so how would you get into it? it I mean, it's, it's a circuitous route. You don't go, well, I went to school and then I started doing sports and now I'm doing sports. My whole thing when people say, well, what do you want to do? Do you want to do TV? I'm like, well, TV, you, you go on for two or three minutes or five minutes. You don't really get to share how you feel about things. You just tell people what happened. You show highlights, and then you're off the air. I'd like to be able to have some fun with it. So I get to do that. And I, I really like hockey, so I really kind of only want to talk about hockey. I don't mind football and that other stuff, but I'm kind of hockey first. Mm-hmm. So if I could sure. find a job. Where, so I've got that. I, yeah, I don't really want to talk about sports that I don't want to talk about. I don't know how I'd get, well, I kind of get to pick what we talk about. So it's really, at the end of the day, I found exactly what it was that I was looking for. Somewhere where you could have fun, where it's not too serious, where you have room to kind of stretch your legs out and talk about things and have conversations and not have to go down roads that you have no interest going down. Make no mistake, not everything we talk about is near and dear to my heart, but we, if, if we're not talking about, like you say, the Bundesliga, if I'm not feeling it, then we're, you know, we're not going to talk about well, it. I, I'm was, not going to fake yeah. somebody. That was like when I came on, I wanted to talk about the last dance with you, but you just weren't. I, well, I hadn't, you, I hadn't seen it. You weren't buying what I was saying. <laughs> I've selling. seen it now. Do you want to talk about it? It's great. <laughs> um, when did, is this the goal? Was this the goal or when did this become the goal or was this the end game or, or you know, because. It was different at, at different stages. When I first started. I wanted to be a disc jockey. 
Okay. I would, I was a teenager in my car and I loved country music and I, there was guys that would work country music and they'd hit the post and they'd be talking over the intros of songs and playing tunes. I'm like, that is great. So I started doing that and then kind of got tired of that a little bit. Did TV sports, came back to radio, worked rock radio, worked like they call it CHR. So right. it's like playing hip hop. You got the so was TV by accident or what? No, it was, you know, it was in Brandon where the same company owned two radio stations and a TV station. So okay. if you could do things, if you had some ability, you were going to probably do it. So okay, I see. Okay. You'd, you'd have two different names. One for each radio station, and you'd probably sneak across oh, and geez, do an I evening shift. About, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, right, yeah. So you'd be, you know, you'd be, hey, I'm Tom Thompson on one station. I'm Bill Williamson on the other station. You'd end up, the, the weatherman's sick. Hey, can you stand in front of the, I don't know anything about weather. Well, just just kind of wing it. Just put the, the temps up and kind of pretend, yeah, okay, so then you're the weather guy. Now you're the guy out reporting on the street. You don't... Uh, Somebody asked, how do you how do you get into the business nowadays? It's like, well, you, I don't think that's how you do it. But that's what it started. I thought I'd be a DJ. Then I was going to be on TSN, like uh, Darren Detition. And then I got in. I did sales for a while. and That was a nightmare. So I got out of that and had to kind of start right from fresh again, working evenings and weekends. Um, but yeah, I, I the whole way, I just loved hockey. I was a hockey nerd growing up. I was never any good at it, but I had hockey cards and I could tell you what kind of helmet Tim Kerr wore for the Flyers. And I just every I knew that Matt Snazlin wore a Torspo helmet. No one else. Just the little nerd type stuff. And it's it it just kind of served me well because it was very natural and it was something I was naturally interested in. And my dad was always curious. He's like, when are you going to like, what are you what are you doing with all this? These (laughs) hockey magazines? Like, what are you what are you going to do? Like, where? What do you, I don't know what that, it's just what I'm interested in. Yeah, yeah. So once, once it came to be that I, I just, I knew I was done with TV and I knew I was done doing music radio. I was the last music radio job I had, like I was telling you, it was like, <laughs> we were playing Destiny's Child and <laughs> Little John and stuff like this. And I'm like, I, I don't have this. What was your so on-air that, name for that? Uh, it was Boomer, actually. Oh, okay, okay, that was, okay. That's where the, the Boomer actually started. Um, so yeah, I was boomer on hot one one doing middays playing this just, oh, it was awful. And then a job opened in red deer to do hosting rebel games. I was like, oh man, please, if there's a God in heaven, please let me stop spinning these, this tunes and let me move. I'd been in Brandon for eight years and I was stagnant and I, it was, it was just not good. I needed a change in a big way. Oh, so it wasn't a, it wasn't a tough move then for you. I, I would have, no, I wondered as I was, a Manitoba guy and having worked in Brandon, I was wondering if you were looking East rather than looking West. No, I, I had actually tried unsuccessfully for a while to get to Saskatoon or Regina. Okay. Um, okay. That just never kind of panned out. And I had actually, Peace River. That's what it was. I had, I had applied to two places at the same time, Peace River and Red Deer. I'm like, I'll take anything. I just need to leave Brandon. You weren't going to do the North Peace Hockey League, were you? I don't know what it was. It was a sports, and I even knew the program or the news director. Okay. Right? She had worked with me, so I'm like, I'm, I'm guaranteed to probably have this Peace River job. 
But boy, I'd really like this Rebels job. It's Western League. I've been covering Weed Kings for a sure. long time. Sure. Love to move to Alberta. That was the whole thing. I never even got a call back from Peace River from the connection, this this inn that I had in Peace River. But I ended up getting the uh, the Red Deer gig, and that was that was still such a huge thing for me because it was something totally different. I wasn't DJing anymore. I was doing sports. I was doing hockey. I was a one man kind of thing. I, so I was doing updates on the on the radio in the morning. And then hosting Rebel Games. It was a completely different thing for me. New city, new province, everything. Uh, getting that job. I don't think I'm in radio at all today if I didn't get that job. Because I was either going to get fired because mm-hmm. I was I was just done there. They were going to have to let me go or I was going to have to quit. Or I'd have gone to Peace River and hated it and then just quit either way. So that that, that job in Red Deer saved me for sure. Were you When you go to – are you – at any point are you – thinking play-by-play because you're in Brandon Bruce Luke he's there you know not there anymore but he was there forever yeah Um, that was another one of those things too I think partway through when I was in Red Deer the uh the Hitman job came open Mark Stiles was uh was hanging it up he was oh yeah that's right 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 right, right. yeah 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 and uh and I was a finalist there for the Hitman job and part, partially it was Mark Stiles who he put a really good word in for me. And partially it was Cam Moon and Brent Sutter and the guys. And But I didn't really have anything in the way of play-by-play experience. So I remember I was sitting down with, with Ken King because I'd gone for a couple of different uh, interviews for this Hitman job. And really I, I kind of wanted to do play-by-play, but it was also to me it was like, I'll be in an NHL city and I'll be in the fl- around the flames. And that was kind of, yep. so it was a little yep. bit oh, of yeah. column A and a little Absolutely. of column B, right? Yeah, yeah. And I just remember sitting with Ken. He's like, well, all of your references are glowing. Uh, it's been, it, do you have anything like a tape? Do you have <laughs> any, do you have any kind of play by play that we could listen to yeah. to really see if you're any good? I'm like, no, nah, I don't really have it. He's like, that's going to make it tough, but we appreciate it. So then, uh, you know, I, I did not get that job as it turned out. And it was probably, they, they made the right move. I was not ready to do Western League play-by-play with no experience for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. But I always think the play-by-play would have been fun. But knowing who I am now as a family guy, I'd have a hard time being on the road. I'd have a hard time being away from my kids. It's the one thing that I always try and keep myself very aware of. Every moment that as a father you feel a sense of pride as your kids on the ice or your kids on the tennis court or doing so, or just you get to spend those moments before bedtime. Uh, you don't have that any other way. And that's, that's a big part of all the getting up early and all the griping that I do. The one thing that it affords me is I miss little to nothing with my kids. If I need to take my kid to a hockey tournament, I'm done at 9am on a Friday. Chances are we can leave right after I'm done I don't miss anything with my kids. Mm-hmm. So I, I constantly remind myself about that as well, that there's not many jobs that give me that kind of flexibility to, to be there. You and I share a very unique experience that not a lot of people can say, but we have both worked the two NHL markets in this province. Um, I think <clears throat> mine was probably a little more positive than yours, but I would suggest, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think we both feel like we made the right decision <laughs> in where we ended up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I love it here. I, time has also kind of helped me recognize things. You talk about maybe not being prepared. 
I got a job, leave, left, uh, I was in Red Deer, did the radio thing. I did one year of television, went back to TV for whatever reason. Um, regretted it almost immediately. I enjoyed doing TV. We had fun. But there again, I'm working late nights, doing 11 o'clock casts. I'm like, what am I doing? I got a family. Why am I doing this to myself? Wanted to get to an NHL city, got a job in Edmonton at 630 Chet, home of the Oilers. And I was an Oiler fan for a while growing up. Well, I loved Wayne. Who did, I don't know. Sure. Who didn't love yeah, yeah. Wayne? Oh, God, I loved Gretz. Yeah, yeah. My dad was a big Oiler fan. I remember walking into Northlands, which was whatever it was, Skyreach or whatever it was at the time, and just looking at those banners. And it felt like, man, I didn't think I was ever going to be here. I saw all those banners on TV, and I watched those games with my dad. And I thought, man, if he were here, this would be – I've really made it. And I had really built that job up to be something amazing. And part of me wasn't ready for it. I, I, I put too much pressure on myself. Sid Smith was my boss. He is one of the best guys I've ever met in the business. Great guy. Great guy. Great, guy, yep. great boss. Yep. Super smart. So good with people. He will forever be one of my favorite guys yep. in, in the business. But it was a rocky road. I wasn't really ready for it. And you know what part of it is? I had lived in Red Deer for four or five years. And I listened to 960. I listened to the fan. I remember when you got your job. Mm -hmm. And I remember listening to you and the guys in the afternoon. I'm like, man, that is, that's what I want to do. I want to have laughs. Yeah. I want to have a good time. We'll laugh at each other. We'll make fun of each other. And we'll, we'll work hockey. This is what it's going to be. The job that I got, which was kind of hosting Euler games, but also doing the phone-in game, the phone-in after Euler, it just didn't allow for that. It needed somebody to be a little bit more straight-laced, yeah. be a little more, I guess, professional if you want what you want to call it that. I just, I wasn't a good fit. I, I kind of convinced them to hire me, and I guess I shouldn't have. Not that I was a bad hire, but I really kind of went in guns blazing, and I was going to be something. And I was a bad fit. And I, I blamed them for a long time. I was like, screw that place and screw them. And uh, see, now I'm in Calgary and I got a job and things are great. But you know what? They, they just needed somebody different for that job. And it was the year after they had gone to the cup finals. Well, it was 2006 they went to the final against yeah. Carolina. Then they trade Pronger. And then they come into the season and it doesn't go well. And they trade Ryan Smith. Like everything that could go wrong that season did. Yep. And I was, I was right in the teeth of it. I, we were having another child. I was, I was, I was lonely. Yeah. I mean, you name it, depressed, lonely, overwhelmed. It was a, it was a bad spot. So the afternoon show came open oddly enough with you. And that was another one of those things. It was very much like the red deer job. The minute I saw the job offer the job application online, I was like that needs to happen for me or I'm going to lose this job and I'm going to be out of the business. And I really, I really felt like that's, that's, I love the city, that format, the way those guys cover the games, that's, that's where I need to be. And I mean, there again, getting that job. I remember that day I met uh, Kelly Kirsch in Red Deer, gasoline alley at the, uh, at the A&W. And you had, had to pay for beer. lunch. That no, is... he picked up the tab. What? I know, weird. No. Yeah. Never happened. Never happened. Never since. Yeah, never since. Short arms, yeah. deep pockets, that guy. But uh, no, I just, I remember thinking this is this is perfect. So I was able to leave, to leave Edmonton without them having to fire me because that's the way it was going. I was not a good fit for them. 
and then came here and it just instantly, it just, everything kind of felt better. I think it took a little while for us to find our groove. Sure it does. Right. And I think that's just, I don't think people appreciate how much time you spend together. Take two guys that maybe aren't, they don't want to talk and then make them talk to each other for three or four hours straight. Like that's just not the recipe for, uh, for two guys to get along instantly. But, you know, we started to figure out each other's quirks out and we're, I'd know where you were going and you'd know where I was going and then we could play to each other's strengths. And I mean, before long, you know, here we are, we're, we're where we both wanted to be. We're in the NHL. We're at the rink every day. We're getting paid to watch hockey. It just doesn't get any better than this. Different markets though, aren't they? They are. They, you know, that, and I'm not saying that from a battle of Alberta perspective. I just think, you know, even I watch what the guys up at the team 1260 do. I still got friends up there and, um, you know, when I worked up there, it just, it was different. It was a different mentality. There's a different history to it. it there, you know, I, I just found more freedom here. I found more, th- th- there seems to be a little bit more fun here, if that makes any sense. Yeah. And, and whether or not that's fair, that's the, that's what it was for me. It was just more of a fun atmosphere. Again, the one year I was there was a very awful year. They were going back to the cup final. They had been to the cup oh, final. Absolutely. They lost to Carolina yeah, in game seven. They yeah. were going to win the cup next year. Yeah. Rollison was back. They're set. And it was it was a disaster on the ice. And the players were having a hard time. And the coaches were having a hard time. All the expectations, just everything fell through. But yeah, it was, I, I think in Edmonton, when you, you had all that winning, everyone took themselves very serious. And it, it bled into the media. It bled into the fans. It bled into the people that worked for the team that this was Oilers hockey. This was, except it wasn't 88 anymore. It was... 07, yeah. 06 kind yeah. of thing. They were far removed from that. And for some people, it would have been a good a good spot. Oh, for sure. But like you say, for, for me, I yeah, I needed to have fun. I needed to kind of kibitz with people. And it there wasn't a lot of that. People that worked there had worked there for decades. And they were very, if I work for the Edmonton Journal, you don't talk to the people from The Sun. And if I work for CFRN, then I don't talk to you from Global TV. It was just kind of a, they had their trenches and they were dug in. I remember one day I was holding, I was in a scrum with Craig McTavish and the guy who worked for city TV, his reporter wasn't there yet. So he's got the camera and he's trying to hold the camera and he's holling the microphone. And I said, just give me the, just yeah. here, I'll hold your microphone. Yeah. He said, oh, thank you. So I'm holding my microphone and his microphone, the scrum ends. And one of the reporters from the journal comes up and is like, what are you doing? And I was like, did the, I just, I, did I ask a question wrong or what, what did I, what do you like? Why, why are you holding that microphone? I said, well, Chris needed a hand. He's got his hands full. If that reporter isn't here, they don't get that interview. Oh yeah. It was just yeah. so the, the competition was so fierce. And I'd seen that, I guess in music radio, if two formats play the same music, you, we're going to beat those guys and that, but man, you came, you came to Calgary and you had Jermaine Franklin over here, and you had, you know, I mean, pick any, there's not a bad, there was there was no ill will towards anybody. No. Everybody helped everybody, cared for everybody, you know, Glenn Campbell, just whoever it was. Hey, good to see you. What do you, can I help you with anything? And that was the, the first real thing that I noticed, was that it was just way more laid back. And I guess, like you say, it was more fr- more fun and more friendly, for sure. So when you got here, what were you thinking five and 10 years out? I loved the city. I remember when I was growing up in Manitoba, or at least when I graduated high school, 
a couple of my buddies came to Calgary and I was like, man, Calgary's a cool city. I, I, I envied those guys moving to Calgary. Mm-hmm. And I always thought Calgary was a place that I wanted to be. I, I just felt like this is, this is it. This is the, I now know this is what I want to do. I've worked long enough to know I don't want to do TV anymore. I don't want to spin music anymore. I want to work in hockey. I love the NHL. I don't want to be a reporter. I want to go on. Honestly, I wanted to do what you did. I remember I, there when, when 660 News switched formats to whatever it was before to this news station, I, well, I kind of applied. I had called ahead and asked if they had any sports jobs at the new station. Yep. Yep. And I actually talked to Kelly, and they were keeping it under wraps. He's, uh, I, I don't know what this new station is that you're talking about. Uh, so yeah, I, oh, yeah. No, a lot I remember of rumors. that, I don't too. Know what, yeah. I don't know what you're hearing. I don't know what you're hearing. Can you be here tomorrow morning at 10 a.m.? Yeah. Uh, we'd like to talk to you. So, so I remember I drove down. I was all excited. Like, I might get a job at, in Calgary at this station. And they had people out from Toronto, and they were – telling me, well, there's no sports jobs, it's, uh, but news. Uh, have you thought about news? And I was instantly, I just remember my heart fell. I was like, no, I don't really <laughs> want to do news. And the guy was like, I, I remember when, when I was in the, I did music radio and I did sports for a while, but I think just the natural progression is you get into news. And I was like, yeah. no. And then I remember it, uh, you'll laugh, and it's, it's kind of funny to think of, but Kirsch said, so, so what is it you want to do? And I said, well, I, I kind of want to, I want to work, do, do sports and talk hockey and be on this. So you want to be Rob Kerr? I said, well, yeah, I guess. Like, I want to do what those guys do in the afternoon. I want to have fun and, and yeah, watch games and talk about them. That's exactly what I want to do. And I couldn't have guessed that five years later, whatever it ended up being, that, that I would have I ended up that being. Long. I really don't think it was that long. Yeah, it wasn't that long. No, it wasn't but, that long. No. Um, it, it's... It's kind of crazy when you think about it because, uh, as we talked about before, your life changed like that. You know, Mike was rolling and, and everything, and he was growing. We knew he was growing. But it's what happens in radio, right? Decisions get made overnight, and you're flung now in a different direction. Had you, yep. had you ever thought about that? Were you even had you ever taken a moment to go, well, what if Mike leaves? Would I want to do that? Because we all do, you know, what if Pete leaves? What if Mike leaves? What if yeah, you know, yeah. whoever leaves, what if Kelly leaves sort of thing? Mm-hmm. But was that even on the radar? No. Cause, cause there again, I didn't think I could do mornings. I didn't want to get up. I didn't want to do that show. And you know what they say? Like we, we always said, you don't want to be the guy that replaces the guy. No, you run it. Be exactly. the guy that replaces the guy. <laughs> There's, so, I mean, Mike, Mike was beloved and Mike had his, you know, had his, his shtick and his bits and mm-hmm. all that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Well, only Mike can do what, what he does. So it's like, well, do what you do. You'll do things your own way. Cause who, who believed in you in the most? Who believed in you the most? I don't know. Cause I was thrown in there really out of lack of options. Cause you were doing the flame stuff still, right? Were you still, or had, yeah. Yeah. yeah so, I mean, you, you weren't leaving because you were hosting and all of that. And some other guys that were around, they just didn't have quite the chops that I had in terms of years in the business. Yeah. So I knew I was going to be taken off afternoons, put in the morning until further notice. And then the more I did it, I guess, just the more I kind of thought, well, I can do this, I guess. This is something. And then you start having some fun with it and it becomes a bit of your routine. And then you think, well, why not me? I guess let's, let's just kind of see if we can get this job. And it took a lot of, it, it, it took some 
it took some time for sure. I'm not a people will find it hard to believe maybe if they think I'm kind of cocky. I'm not a confident guy. I don't, I, I more often than not, it's kind of like you you hear Dave Letterman. It's like, Oh, we had a terrible show tonight. It's like, no, you had a good show today. No, geez, this is just a terrible, more often than not, I turn the mic off at nine o'clock. It's like, Oh, what did we do today? What did we accomplish today? And that's years and years of doing this thing. I know. I, I don't know what a good show is. I don't know what a bad show is. I don't know if I should be, doing this to be honest but you i'm re-watching you do- larry sanders and I, I even then that's the 90s and and he he encap- he encapsulated performers better than anybody i've ever seen the angst and the and the yeah. you know front facing absolutely cool cool as a cucumber underneath legs are moving a thousand miles an hour and i don't miss that part but i know exactly what you're talking about it's the old radio rule anytime you think you the minute you think you've done your best work is when somebody's going to come in and rip you, criticize you, or tell you not to do it again. The yeah. minute you think, oh, my God, I'm, I'm losing my job, is when you get patted on the back and raised. That's the greatest thing I've ever heard. Never understood it. Never understood it. But it's, it's as real as, as anything in radio, I find. It's funny. We give Kelly Kirsch a hard time. But whether he, knew, whether he knows it or not, he gives you a lot of rope. And by all means, take it. You want to try something? He'll never say no. You, chances are you don't even have to ask him. You just go try it. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. But I think the way that that our show, you and I, kind of evolved and then the way I got into mornings and that Rhett came on and that kind of became a thing. And then these guys don't talk about sports much at all some days. There would have been a lot of stations where the program director would never have let that happen. And then over time, it was like, man, we love it when you guys screw around and you talk about ma- making gravy or you, what were you doing on the weekend, that sort of stuff. We love that part of it because yeah. it's real life. I, I don't. I think that Kelly, in a way, just kind of let it go and and, and let I, it become something. Yeah, I've never been around anybody that knows what's right better than him. And and he knew. I think he knows that format. I would put his his knowledge of the sports talk format up there with Rick Scott, with you know anybody out of Toronto, with anybody in North America. I think he understands the format. I think he sees where the format's going. I think he saw where the format was going. I think he was, you know, I don't think he's right about everything all the time in terms of, I remember once he said Twitter's a fad. Uh, yeah. Here we are, you know, 11 years later. It's not a fad. Um, <laughs> But I remember us finding trying to figure out what Twitter was. It was oh. Greg Greg Wyshynski or whoever, one of the first guys on. It's like, what is tweet? What a tweet? Twitty? Twitty? What are we doing? Yep. It was two old men before they had turned old. Oh yeah, God, I what, remember. What is it? But he yeah. has he he knew probably better than any boss I've ever had. He knew how to push my buttons. He knew what motivated me and what got me in the direction. And he knew he had a great he has a great sense for it. He really does. And and I wholeheartedly agree with what you're saying. He's probably the guy that I think showed had the most faith in you early, and knew where you were going. Because we were all kind. Of, you're not you're not wrong. We're all kind yeah. of going. Pete and I or whoever would go. Are they going to talk about the flames? What's you know mm-hmm. what's what's going on here? But it worked, right? Well, and yeah, it's I'm I'm still not sure it's the right thing, but it but it's what we do. The one thing that Kelly does and. I, I don't know if a lot of bosses have that in them is to not only take people's opinion, like a listener's opinion, not mm-hmm. only listen to it, 
but actually absorb it and see if there's something there. We make fun of yeah, them having well, these listener panels yeah. all the time. Oh, we're bringing the listeners and we'll have yeah. pizza. It's like, well, why are you listening to these guys? You're the one that we know radio, not them. Oh, yeah. When at the end of the day, it's like, no, no, they listen all the time. They I know agree. what they're hearing and they know what they like. Yeah. Don't take everything that it's like I remember hearing it's like if some guy comes into General Motors and says, I don't like the blazer. OK, well, we're not making blazers anymore. Well, that's the one extreme. Yeah. But if they tell you, I kind of like power windows. Nope. Crank windows. That's the way it's always been. That's the way we're going to do it. Well, maybe there's something to the power windows. He has that ability to kind of wade through all of the different things and think, no, that's that's he, not for us. Yeah, can, maybe there is something there. He can take a punch. Yeah. He can take a punch. Because yeah, I, I, you and I both have experiences with some of the people that have his number on speed dial. Because they would call after you and I would say something, and you would go into his office, and he, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yes, sir, okay, you're right. Yeah. And the other thing he did was, it goes back to what we were talking about with the shock jock stuff. He became a, a character. He became, right even from when I got there, you know, you took it to a different level, and I'm not <laughs> being critical. No, but you remember the marathon? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> like... You know, I had I had run, which is hard to believe now. I had run a half marathon when I lived in Red Deer. Yeah. And I forget what the time was. It's not impressive. But you know what? Finished. So then he was going. Was it to Vegas or he was going to the States? He was going to Arizona, I thought. I thought he was going to Arizona. So he's going to run a half and he got all cocky about how he's going to beat my I could beat this time (laughs) doing his thing. And, you know, it sounds terrible, but he got hurt and he couldn't finish. So I came off the top rope for days upon days after this. Now, he started it, right? But we had some fun at his expense oh, for sure. Boy. But, but you're right. He can take a punch. And, and he it's the one thing that he's he's good at is doing that and being the butt of that joke. Because I think he appreciates that that's part of real life. Because everybody kind of, whether it's a sitcom or a movie, everybody kind of dislikes their boss. And their boss has quirks that they don't like. So, hey, the guys we listen to in the morning those guys have it in for their boss too a little bit sometimes their boss pisses them off or gets under their skin but then you you strip that away and you'll see people at events it's like you know what the guy's a pretty big defender of what we do and i've heard after the fact of people that have called or emails or just situations that have arose where he's gone to bat for us for me for me and never brought it to our attention but had our back the entire way yeah and the fact that, A, he did that, and B, didn't feel the need to tell us, hey, I had your back, and kind of let us know, that goes a long way. I, th- I, only, I think the only mistake we made with him, my regret with Kelly, is that I think we should have been harder on the young guys, that they should have earned that right. I think some of those kids came into that business going, he's the Regina Rocket, we get to make fun of him, right? That's right, yeah. You know, no, and no. I, and yeah. I think that pissed him off. I think it was okay... Mike could take some runs at him. You could take some runs at him. I think after the the I think the marathon thing, it, he took real personal for a while there. Yeah, you, didn't was, you guys have dueling songs or something like that? It's hard. He, he to was say. getting production made and stuff like that. Yeah, I think we had the chariots of fire music <laughs> that's, underneath. That's what it was. <laughs> but I think the one mistake we made was we probably should have been better leaders with the kids, and and they should have had to earn their stripes a little bit because I think Walker. When you brought in, and- like, I think Andrew hit him day one, didn't he? Yeah, that was, that. I mean, and there again, he, like you say, he kind of came in and took 
took over the flavor of the show and it's like, oh, this is what we do. We take runs at the boss. All right, well, let's take <laughs> runs at the boss. And it's the thing you forget about, too. He's sitting up there in charge of this entire station. We're kind of our lone wolf. In Toronto, they've got the Blue Jays and TV and Tim and Sid and Raptors. and They got Bob, it's that whole thing. Is, is Calgary still on the air? It is? Okay, good. We don't, that's something we don't need to worry about. Like, that's how it feels it, No, it, like, it they, absolutely does. 100% Are the does. lights still turning on? Is something on the radio? Okay, yeah. good. We can worry about them. That's, we'll check back in two weeks, that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Whereas he doesn't have any assistance. He doesn't have any help. He no, and as long as I've known him, he's always had jobs on the other stations. He could probably use a little bit of help, but instead we sit downstairs and just crush him on the air. Not, hey, boss, is there any way I can do to help? It's like, hey, boss, uh, how about we take another run at you for being cheap? Yeah, yeah. No, he's, I, I, I'd have to think he is, probably was probably your biggest proponent and defender early on and the guy that showed the most confidence in you. He, it's amazing, again, goes back to his ability to see, uh, he, he, there's no way that you accidentally got that. That was always, I think he's always playing a, a step ahead. And if, if Mike left, it was going to be you. And he was going to make it work. And he did. Tell me about bringing in, because you've worked now with how many different co-hosts? Well, it started basically with Andrew. It was just kind of a two-man Because Andrew show. was there. You, he inherited you, correct? Kind of, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's I worked with, he had I worked just got in, there, though. Yeah, I worked with him in Red Deer, so we had a relationship prior. We knew each other quite well. Right. So when the job came open for a morning, whatever it was, morning co-host slash new sports reader, I was like, Andrew's your guy. He's got a great, great voice, and he's super smart. So he came in and worked with Mike, and those two hit it off. Mike leaves. I come in, and it was a godsend having a guy in there that I knew I could trust, that I had some chemistry with off the start because I was, man, I, I was drowning. I just really felt like I was drowning. Um, and then as the show kind of evolved, it was like, well, what, you know, what are we going to do? Are we going to, how's this, how's this going to go? And we would bring in different guys with uh, ex, ex athletes. Mm -hmm. And the first really kind of the, we had Theo Fleury would come in once a week there for a while. Rhett Warner came in once a week. We had, we cycled a lot of guys through. And it's, it's a, it's a Didn't difficult. did Roenick do some? Yeah, we'd bring JR, JR a little bit, but. Not a lot, but he. He, uh, you gotta want to do it. it. It can't be a complete hindrance to you. Cause we'd call him, it's like, hey, it's time for your weekly hit. He's like, guys, I'm golfing. It's like, well, this is the, the time we've picked. Yeah, well, tomorrow, yeah. how about tomorrow? I'm 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 no good tomorrow. So it's like, okay, well, maybe yeah, this isn't yeah, for, yeah, yeah. for the best. But the Rhett, the Rhett one was interesting because we were doing, at that time, Sportsnet was doing in period intermissions of Flames games on TV. They'd bring in local reporters. And I think Vancouver still kind of does it. Yep. I think yep. uh, um, whatever his name is goes on there. Anyway, so yeah, I was McIntyre. on one night. Yeah, McIntyre. Yeah. I was on one night with Rhett and Roger Millions. And so, well, what are we going to talk about? If we got, what are we going to get into here? And Rhett made some comment. Oh, can I talk about how, you know, Kipper was drunk one night when we were playing in Phoenix or what? It wasn't that, but it was some. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Roger was like, well, no, I don't think we can have that. And I said, you want to come on my show? We can certainly have that conversation. <laughs> and that's really kind of how it started. And yeah. then he kind of said, well, are you kind of serious? I'm like, dude, come in. Like, we'll pick a day, come in for an hour. We'll just kind of shoot it around and see. And he came in and had a, he was just always very kind of natural at it. And he, 
he's a sasky boy who likes to have a beer, likes to have a good time, was known as a guy who liked to party. So he just was perfect for our audience. And it was an, an instant fit. And I think there was kind of a chemistry there pretty quickly between he and I and the listeners liked it. And it became one day a week to three days a week to five days a week. And then we had a run of, man, I don't know, seven years, something six, like seven that, years, yeah. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah. 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 And, uh, yeah, it was, and it was great. And I, I miss them, you know, because you, you get to that point where, like you say, you know exactly what he's going to say before you do it. You have that chemistry. It's just that, yeah. that maybe it's a crutch, but it's just kind of that safety valve that, you know, you can always go to. And then you lose that and you're kind of starting from scratch. So we've been working with, with different guys coming through and they all have their strengths, but you can't make up for seven years of five mm. days a week in four months. It just doesn't happen. But you've also been tasked, I think, with grooming. You know, unintentionally, you were tasked with grooming Walker. You did that. He ends up Toronto, Vancouver. Then you got Pinder. At some point, you, you had to groom him. Now you got Nault. I mean, that's another part of that role, too, though, is is playing traffic cop, but you're also getting these young guys that need to, that are, and they all want the same thing. They just, I got to talk so you hear me so you know I'm here sort of thing. It's not a criticism. It's the reality of the business, right? Yeah. No, it is. And the, and I think that was kind of tricky, not so much for Walker, because he was okay kind of being the, the, the third man in, but coming in heavy, like having some really snide kind of dark, sarcastic comments Ryan's very opinionated. Ryan talks a lot. Um, so then if you've got me driving the show and you've got Rhett, who the listeners really want to hear from because he played, and then you've got Ryan, who has so much to say, it took a long time for us to kind of come together. And I really doubted if it was going to work for a while. There's just there's, Then you throw in guests, and we've got to talk to our NFL insider and our NHL insider, and we've got to do all this. There's just not enough time. Yeah. Um, but again... To Ryan's credit, he found his spot, and Rhett knew how to work him. And I, again, just that kind of comfort you get to. And I think when the three of us were in there together, the show, I think the show was at its best. I thought we had some really good years. But there, too, he's very talented. He's full of opinion and can talk. He should be hosting his own show. He should be doing his Mm -hmm. own thing, probably. So then that job comes open, and it was just very much a natural. And kind of in that same way, like you say... I think Kirsch really had that roadmap because I think he had Pinder on speed dial for a long time. God, he had Pinder, are you kidding me? He knew yeah, Pinder he, as an 18-year-old kid working at Earl's. Yeah, he knew he him had way Pinder, before he went to Abbotsford. I, I, like he, and it's one of those things where I wish I wasn't as big an asshole at the time, but you know, hey, Rob, I want you to meet Ryan Pinder. He's going to, I think it was high school or first year of college or something. I'm like, oh, okay, how are you? Good. And I remember running into him at Earl's, and I'm like, I don't know, who are you? And he's, he, well, <laughs> Kelly Kirsch and everything. And it's like, the next thing I know, he's in Abbotsford. But yeah. he knew. He he knew. He saw. He he had him on speed dial, right? Kelly he has had to in this business because we don't have a development does. league, right? We don't have a fear yeah. system. Yeah, Kelly had him pegged as a talk show host while he was still doing play-by-play, and he was, mm-hmm. you know, you know, in a, in a fun way, but was convincing Ryan that uh, you know how how much longer are you doing this play-by-play thing? Because I've got a job here for you. We got we got a job in Calgary. That, and that that's is, exactly yeah. what he was saying to him. That's you're not yeah. sugarcoating it. You're not yeah. making it up for effect. That's exactly what yeah. he was saying to him. Right? He and, and he said the same things to me. Yeah. You know, he that's again. This sounds like we're turning into the Kelly Kirsch Power Hour, but. Um, 
you know, the, the dude knows what he wants, and, and he, he deserves a lot of credit for the station. I'm very proud of the station. I really am, considering where it came from and what it became. You know, when I got there, we had three hours of live programming. Well, if you listen, if you want to talk about blowing smoke, I was there. I was in Alberta listening to that station before and after you came in. I was listening to you on a religious station in Edmonton where you had no business doing what you were doing. It yeah. went from Bible hour to the sports ticker. Oh, this guy's screaming on the radio. Yeah, and hey, taking wh- phone calls. Guy, and, guys were I mean, literally I, just one point on that one is one of my favorite calls ever was Rob, I'm really happy that the Oilers won tonight, but why do they have to play Britney Spears at the arena? <laughs> like that was that was my life. Like So uh, you'd wait and this this guy is on Edmonton radio on a on a religious station who suddenly just starts right into taking phone calls and he's full of energy and talking hockey. And I remember when that after I I'd go into flames games and listen to the post game show and they would be done with the post game and the call-ins and everything. All the clips have been played. They played around the NHL highlights. I'm not in Airdrie and the show is over. Like it's over. You come in and you whether it's you and Kelly or whatever, but you deserve as much credit as anybody because you changed the way Calgary Sports Radio was happening. You were on the air. You wanted to be on the air. Mm. You needed to be on the air. You had a thirst for it. And it was just that you, it's like they say, what do you do with the, with a thoroughbred, do you try and put a saddle on him? It's like, no, you just let him run. And that's what Kelly did. He just opened the gate and let you run. And you were on all the time yeah. and you loved it. Yeah. It's like, I'll stay here and talk to people as long as they want to call in. Yeah. I was in Red Deer getting up for work one day. I turned the radio on and Kerr is on the air. I'm like, are they replaying something? No, he's still on the air. He's been on air all night. Now he's got Conroy on the air. You changed the way it was done here, um, right across the board, whether or not you... No, I mean, I, that. no, to your point, I've always said I was a dog. Just let me run. I just want to run. That's all I want. If you want to put me in the yard, I'll bark real loud, but I just want to run. And I give Kelly all the credit in the world because he, he's, again, it goes back to he saw it. Like, I, dude, we had that, when I first got there, I had one hour. And I didn't even have that one hour. I got there in May. I didn't have that one hour till September, right? Mm-hmm. And it was four to five, and then they... No, sorry. Uh, Joe and Kevin went till four o'clock. Then they played primetime live, and then I came on at five o'clock. And I, I will never forget one time we were taking calls on the hockey show and just kept going. Yeah, nobody said anything. Okay. Yeah. Next week did it again, and then Bill Rashad, who was my producer, just he just asked me, "Can't are we just going to stay late tonight?" Yeah. Okay. And it was just because nobody said no. That's all. Nobody said no. And I, I kept expecting, honest to God, man, that first year, I kept expecting to get called in and, okay, enough with the ego. You know, calm the F down. Nobody wants this. Stop it. And it was like it never, ever happened. So I, I, I know what you're saying, but. It was a perfect storm. Because it was a flames, perfect storm. Yeah. The flames come out of the doldrums for years with a half-empty rink and. You come in, and then they turn things around, and now everybody can't get enough of the flames, and you're super serving these fans. They they want it 24-7. You're like, okay, let, how about 25-8? Let's, let's, let's go even over the top. Oh. It was the perfect marriage between fan and, and host. Think, you both like, yeah, had that Yeah, I guess thirst. so. Yeah, for sure. But I was even thinking about this. Like, do you remember going to Camrose? Remember doing the rookie oh, yeah. tournament in Camrose? Yeah, yeah. Like, like, that is such a... 
and this, you know, well, I guess they didn't do it the last year, but for many years I was, oh, rookie terms, okay. Sportsnet's there. You know, they're inter- remember we went there and we were, they bought a TriCaster. I think Carlo, was Carlo with us or P. Stu was with us? And <laughs> yeah, it was. They, they bought yeah, a TriCaster. What are you guys doing here? Yeah. And, yeah. and Dion was, Dion was playing in the rookie game, wasn't he? I think so, yeah. Because if I remember yeah. correctly, it was in the new arena. And he sure broke, yeah. and he broke some glass, and they had to put up plywood because they didn't have extra glass. Yeah, yeah. Right. It was it was a it was a neat time because, like you say, uh, I'm just going to stay on. And it's not like there was content uh, other than that. It's well, we're just going to put on whatever it was, ESPN some, radio, some ESPN college basketball. Yeah. So you may as well keep going. And and it changed. And then you started earlier in the day, and you went later at night, and and you were on all the time, and then. Beasley is screaming your name and it's the hockey show and it's THS and it's just everything just went because I applied for that job too when you got it. And it was one of those times where uh, I Kelly called. He's like, hey, you know what? I uh, just want to let you know we're going another way. We've hired Rob Kerr and I, I knew who you were. It was one of those times where I couldn't even be up. I was like, yeah, well, that makes sense. He's going to be perfect for that. And and you were. Which is which is funny, funny because he right from the day one he told me who the other guy was, and I don't. I think it was Regan Bartel, I think. Oh, maybe, yeah. And he would hang his name over me all <laughs> of the time, right? Well, maybe. Wonder if he's still around. I hope I have his number, sort of thing. Oh, right? you see, you guys always had a great relationship that way. You oh, guys. Oh no, to I told you he knew how to push my yeah. buttons, right? You wanted more yeah. out of me, make me mad, right? Yeah. <laughs> if, if you want me to get fat and sassy, pat me on the back and praise me. But if you yeah. want, if you wanted me to go, then you made me mad. You ca- you came in and questioned my integrity or whatever, you know, whatever that tool was. And it, and for years, I just and then it, it dawned on me. I got old and I realized, and I settled back. And he knew he knew me better than anybody knew me. He knew how to motivate me. And I think he knows how to motivate you, right? Probably, yeah, probably. Because and there was two things with you. Just to come back to you now. Well, it is my uh, podcast. I should yeah. be asking you the questions. You you both laid the the groundwork and ruined it for everyone to come after you at the same time because you had to, you you just wanted to do it. I'll go to Vancouver. I'll you don't even need oh. to pay me. I, I just I'll go to Vancouver God. and do the draft. It's like, well, this guy's going to go to Vancouver God. and work a hundred hours. Send him, I guess. Yeah, if he wants to do it. So there you are. You're in Vancouver. You're doing the draft. You're on air 30 hours a day. <laughs> and then guys are coming in afterwards like, I can't work 30 hours a day. What are you doing to it? He's like, well, Kerr did it. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah. What do you want me to tell you? So then everybody's having to work at the same breakneck speed that you were. Yeah. No, I, uh, yeah. I mean, it was true because, you know, you, I went to two drafts. I went to 06 and 07 and then you joined me in Ottawa in 2008 does that seem right yeah that's right yeah and um it was just like having you there was like oh wow all right boom you stay here i'm gonna go do this <laughs> and i yeah. would, you know my thing was i would just go wander around and do interviews and then the best part of the draft for me was always when it was over because then we'd sit there and record tops and tails and we'd have like nine hours of post-draft oh, yeah. coverage right <laughs> Yeah. And then, well, your thing always was, and we, we would joke about it every year after that. The coverage starts at 8 a.m. local time. Well, yeah. it, for you, it was how much before 8 can we start? Yeah. When are we going to start? Are we going to go 7, 7.30, 7.25? When can we start? It's like, Rob, why why are we doing this? We can sit here. We can have a coffee. We'll get all our notes 
together. He's like, no, let's just let's just go. Let's we'll just, we'll just fly by the seat of our pants. And that's yeah. and that's what it was. That, that, that was part I, of the I charm. But I love that. I love that because it it wasn't what everybody else was doing. And you know what? I think we were podcasting before podcasts is what I think we were doing. You know, in many yeah. ways, right? We were. You know, we don't need the conventional rules. It's kind of like I asked you before, like about podcast and radio. What do you learn from podcasting? I think, you know, pod, like I look at your show, dude, and if I was king of the world right now, I'd sell your hours to one sponsor. This hour's brought to you by whoever. Go. Go. No no mm. breaks. Nothing. Go. Go. Just to go. And and I think under, under, uninterrupted for an hour or uninterrupted for 50 minutes, I think it'd be amazing. I think it'd be amazing radio. And I think we're closer to that now than we ever have been. Right? Yeah, no, you are for sure. We even just this morning we had Colin Fraser on talking about winning in 2010 in Chicago and what that sure. is like when you got Bufflin and Versteeg, and then you go to L.A. and Daryl shows up, and then all of a sudden you went from being an Edmonton Oiler and you couldn't get on the ice for the 30, 30th place team to the number one team, the Cup winner, playing. 10, 12 minutes a night on a regular. So you just get into those conversations and you go and you go and you go. But yeah. I just, to, to get back to the original point, whether it's podcasting or whatever, the part, those drafts where we would sit there, I just remember some of the looks we'd get. They'd be like, what are you guys doing? Like, what are you, what are you doing? We're doing our, we're doing a show. Well, what kind of show? We're just going live. Well, for how long? Until it's over. And then we'll keep going. Yeah. They didn't, because there again, it's not pioneers, but we were one of the first to do it. And then we were Edmonton showed up and then yeah. all these other, right. They all started to show up and then sure enough, they were all going live from radio row at the draft. Our station did the first, um, f- f- July 1st free agent show. And we did it in the studio and then the flames signed Corey Sarich. So Pat hosted and I ran down to the dome to interview Corey Sarich over a cell phone mm-hmm. trade deadlines. We were doing we were doing expanded trade deadline coverage before everybody else too. Everybody had a you know special. What? Yeah, and you know what though, man? At the at the end of the day, the only way that stuff happens if is if you have the right people. Because you think of the day that Dion got traded. I'm sitting at home. I get the call from you, and yeah. it's like, hey, Dion, Dion got traded. It's like, whoa, that's big. We didn't need our boss to call us and say, hey, can you come in today? No. We just dropped what we were doing. We went to the dome. It was time to do a show. Yeah. And whoever gets there first, just call us, get on the air, and we'll play catch-up, and we'll get some guests. You know what I mean? Like, it was never about, well, what time do I clock in? What time do I clock out? Is this yeah. overtime? How do... no. You have to have the right mix of people, and you were that guy, and Steinberg is that guy, and I, I mean, I was I was that guy. I guess I am that guy. You need you to have people You could be that guy for a while. You could be that guy for a while. Eventually, you couldn't be that guy anymore. Eventually, I'm talking mm-hmm. about myself, not you. Eventually... Eventually, you couldn't be that guy anymore, you know, day in, day out. And and you talked about Toronto versus Calgary. That was the beauty of us. We could do that. You couldn't, we couldn't have done, uh, Toronto couldn't interrupt, you know, Red Blue Line, Jay Games. Race no. Line Radio or anything to talk yeah. about Dion coming or anything yeah. like that. To me, the, the best one ever was the last lockout at four o'clock in the morning, calling Pat. Hey, the lockout's over. Let's go. And, yeah. and we went in and we started at four o'clock in the morning and yeah. we had guests, we got guests like but you need a lot of things you need a lot of things for that to work and at the at the very the very root of it is having people that are prepared to do it and yeah it, it, and like i say you ruined it for everybody because now it's like well you better love to do it 
Because if you don't, this is probably going to be hard for you because you don't, your hourly wage is not going to be great. Oh, no, but no, you're no, good. No. But you know what? There's going to be days when you're going to, where you're going to say, man, did I work a lot? Of time? I didn't get paid today. And then there's going to be other days where you're saying, I can't believe I got paid to do this today. This is, I'm stealing money. Yeah. This is the greatest thing going. Yeah. And it all balances out. Yeah. No, we certainly, we certainly had a few of those. I mean, we had some weird stuff, like some weird stuff happened, but <clears throat> we had no shortage of fun days too. And yep. I'm sure you still are. Like, I, I'm sure you, so, I mean, we started off talking about this, but let's end here. You're, you've been doing the show at home. I'm ready to go to work. You are. I, okay. I yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I get to sleep in a little bit later, but it's just not the same show. It was kind of even with you and I. You love being at the hot stove. I love being in studio where I had that computer, like I say, where I could play oh, yeah. stuff or I could For find sure. a clip and edit it kind of on the fly and be able to play that. I'm just a little bit out of my element not being at the controls. I miss that for sure. Um, you have and, some and like brilliant say, clips being, too, but you you, uh, yeah. you got to some places there. Like that. I didn't understand it at the time. Like I'm going, well, why would we do that? We can be here. Let's be here. And I didn't have the foresight to see that. But your inventory of clips, when I left, I don't know what it's like now, but I, every once in a while I'd go in there just to gaze and, and go, ooh. The it's Dion. getting to be a little, yeah, it's it's getting to be a little atrocious. They come is about once every 14 months. They're like, is there any chance you could, because it's taking up a lot of space on the hard drive. Could you, uh, I'm like, no. Get, but you know where they all are, else. right? Like you can find them? Yeah. Do you still yeah. have the Dion clip? Oh, yeah. The, 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 that to me, and I, we can't assume that everybody knows, but you found a clip of Dion Phaneuf that was just every clip of Dion Phaneuf. It was, yeah, it was if you could take all the cliches that you've ever heard in sports and just jam them all together. Oh. You know, it's take it one day at a time and good Lord willing it works out. And, yep. uh, you know, we'll just, uh, good Lord willing it uh take care of itself like whatever it was yeah. it was just ding 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 it was just perfect no yeah. you know what it was it was it starts off with i believe it starts off with we just have to take it one day at a time just keep <laughs> on keeping on keep on keeping on in the right direction right, that's right? what it is yeah uh between yeah. that one and the breeze galov clip of uh of him when he was with anaheim i think in edmonton yeah you know why are you so yeah. mad why are you so mad? It's for, it's it's too cold. Why it's, it's forty fifty below? Yeah, and that that's that stuff makes me laugh. And I've been lucky over the years, I guess, that it makes other people laugh because. But it's part of the. They, it's part of who they you, keep. It's part of yeah. the. It's part of the family component to it, right? That's how you feel connected. Well, yeah, I mean, it's part of. It, it's what I would want to listen to. I'm lucky that way. Is that either the radio that I like to do is what I listen to or I, I enjoy. I don't, I don't do much on the air that I really don't, that I'm either dead set against or I don't think is entertaining or I don't want to do. And luckily, knock on wood, it's, it's got me this far and people seem to enjoy it. And you, it, it's, it's kind of like being, it's, it's like a stand-up comic. Well, what do you got? I got a stool and a microphone. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what this is. It's like you better like what what I have to say or what what my opinions are because if you don't, I'm going to be out of a job and you, you, they'll bring in somebody else. So pretty fortunate that after all these years, people still find a way to get up in the morning and tune in. What do you have left to accomplish? What do you want? What have you not done that you'd like to do in this medium? I would like to. 
I don't know. I because people say, don't you want to go to Toronto? I've never wanted to go to Toronto. I, I've been to Toronto a handful of times in my life. I think it's a fun city. I can't imagine living there. I, I think Vancouver is a great place, but I don't really have any designs on that. I, I think I, you know what I'd like to be? I'd like to be thought of at the end of the day as someone who was, who was fun, who people, who, who made people's days a little bit better. I think of guys like Peter Marr or Mike Rogers or Grant Pollock. Um, I mean, not that I'll be to that level or like Jerry Forbes, you know, like just a legend came to Calgary, could have gone anywhere else, but you know what? Calgary meant a lot to him and he loved the city. The city loved him and they were together for a long time. That's how I feel. I love the city. It's home to me. I've lived in Calgary longer than I've lived anywhere else in my life and I don't want to move. I, I love it. And I just, I, I feel like there's kind of a kinship with me and the listeners and me in this city. I just, yeah, let's keep doing this until I, until I'm done doing it. And hopefully people will remember me as somebody who made their, made their days a little bit brighter, a little bit brighter and a little bit better. Well, then you'll love my final question. Cause I ask it to everybody on this podcast and I give you no um, parameters. You answer it any way you want, but uh, give me your hidden Calgary gem. Give me your hidden Calgary gem. Oh, my hidden Calgary gem. Ideas. We've been listening to these podcasts. Things get back to normal, mm-hmm. and I've been listening, and I heard this or I heard that, and that's the only parameter I'm going to give you. Give me your hidden Calgary gem. Well, you know it's going to be food. That's immediately what comes to my mind. <laughs> I, uh, I, My mom's side, she was a Kazakowski, so I have uh, uh, Ukrainian on, uh, on my one side. The Heritage Deli, just off of Bow Trail has the best pierogies. They are pierogies just about identical to what my my baba used to make. So Heritage Deli over... Uh, I can never remember what the... That's the thing. I've been terrible with roads. That's why I couldn't do with Edmonton. It's like 132nd and 156th. Well, what is that? Is that by like White Mud? Is that by Jasper? I don't know what that means. It's it's just off of Bow Trail. It's north of the uh, Grey Eagle Casino. Best pierogies in town. Best pierogies in the prairies. There you go. Thank you, sir. This is fun. I appreciate it. I, uh, I've been wanting to have this conversation with you. It's the perfect format for this conversation with you. And as you know, I'm a big fan. Uh, first time caller, though. Um, so, yeah. yeah, just saying. Um, but thanks, pal. This was fun. Well, I, I don't know what we learned today, but uh, honored that you would uh, <laughs> truly honored that you would that you would care to ask and want to want to hear anything from me. So thanks. Always uh, a fun chat with Boomer. Appreciate the honesty. Uh, that was a, a fun way of catching up and and uh, again, just turning that uh, that curtain back and, and showing you how the the sausage is made, as the kids like to say. Uh, really appreciate that. It was a fun conversation. He's a good guy, good friend. Uh, it was a, an honor to work with him for as long as I did, uh, and I am a big fan of what he does. So thanks to Boomer for spending some time with us today. Thanks you as or thank you as well. I guess shouldn't make it a plural. Uh, if you enjoyed this podcast, you probably have enjoyed some of our previous ones. Uh, Ron Rook was a great one. If you like your Stampeder story, may have told the best sports story in all of Calgary history, as far as I'm concerned. So check that one out uh, as well. We've heard from Al Coates in the past, uh, Peter Marr along the way. Lots of great storytellers is how I would put it. Uh, So make sure you check it out. Uh, Thanks again for tuning in. I'm Rob Kerr. This has been the original Six Feet Conversation podcast here at sportcalgary.ca.